Welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow the musical journey of an amateur piano player who is striving to play advanced level works one day, specifically Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. Every week, we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road to this goal, ranging from the 18th century all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work, examine the music within, and hopefully we all walk away a little more informed and appreciative of classical music. This is episode 18.3, the third episode in a series where we are listening to selections from Felix Mendelssohn's Songs Without Words, a collection of 48 piano pieces that were a big hit with audiences in the 1800s, especially in England. Before One Direction, before the Beatles, there was Felix Mendelssohn. He was one of the most popular 19th century composers in England. Well known for his music that oozed charm and elegance. He even caught the attention of the royal family and became the favorite composer of Queen Victoria herself. Mendelssohn met with the Queen at Buckingham Palace in 1843, and he dedicated his third symphony to Queen Victoria, which is sometimes referred to as the Scottish Symphony. The royal family is also to thank for one of the major reasons that Mendelssohn's music is immortalized in our culture today. Even if you had never heard the name Felix Mendelssohn before I mentioned it on this podcast two weeks ago, I would place a hefty bet that you are familiar with this piece. That is your musical cue to start throwing uncooked rice at a pair of happy newlyweds. Which, let's go on a tangent here, shall we? Throwing rice at weddings is a tradition that dates back to the medieval era. Rice is an ancient symbol of wealth, fertility, and health. So the showering of grain is supposed to represent a lifetime of good luck and good fortune for the happy couple. This practice was eradicated in the 80s because Connecticut passed a law making this tradition illegal under the belief that uncooked rice was dangerous for birds to eat as it would expand and explode their stomachs. Now, I've definitely heard this theory before. It was even on an episode of The Simpsons, and I actually believed it until about five minutes ago. Apparently, scientists have tested and disproven this rice is bad for birds theory over and over again. No birds exploded during these studies or in the making of this podcast. It seems the real reason that this practice has gone out of favor is that it's a huge pain to clean up a bunch of rice. And just like that, a story tradition that has been around for hundreds maybe even a thousand years, is wiped out because of a misconception. Thanks, Connecticut. 
Now we're stuck with flower petals and bubbles. And one website even suggested shaved coconut, which is good for those people who want their entire wedding party to smell like sunscreen. But anyway, how did we get on coconut? All right. That famous wedding march is from Mendelssohn's Opus Number 61, which was a collection of pieces that were inspired by Shakespeare's play A Midsummer Night's Dream. The reason this piece has become so entwined with traditional wedding ceremonies, even 150 years after it was written, is because it was featured in a royal wedding between Queen Victoria's daughter, the Princess Royal, and Prince Frederick William of Prussia in 1858. I bet they had rice. Mendelssohn's fame extended well past England and all throughout Europe, and the songs without words were right up there as some of his most well-known works. So let's quit talking about weddings and move on to the music. Today, we're going to focus on the first selection from Mendelssohn's second volume in the collection, also known as Opus 30, Number 1. Mendelssohn described this piece as Andante Espressivo, and decided to write it in the key of E-flat major. E-flat major, the key of hard cruelty. Cruel, hard, yet full of devotion. Love, intimacy, openness, and honest communication. Well, that description is all over the map. At the very least, I guess we can say that E-flat major is a versatile key. Although this piece shares the same musical title as one of the songs that we talked about last week, this one actually has more in common with the opening song of the collection that we discussed in the very first episode of this series. It has a similar overlying lyric melody line. And that melody line is supported by arpeggiated middle voices. But to set itself apart from song number one, this song utilizes two middle voices instead of just one. So when we add up all of these voices, the melody line, the two middle arpeggiated voices, and the bass, we get this, the beautiful main thematic material.
This theme plays out twice, and then we find ourselves in a call and response section that shifts to a minor key. This section builds and builds until we reach the climax of the piece. And then we find ourselves back to familiar territory with a retread of the main thematic material. Then this section repeats itself, which is a little unusual from what we've seen so far in the songs without words, which tend to follow a simple ABA ternary form. But maybe Mendelssohn just wanted to give us multiple climaxes this time around. And people don't usually complain about that. The closing material cools us off with more arpeggiated middle voicing and glimmers of the theme shining through in the right hand but soon we end up with a single arpeggiated line, which kind of acts like a musical cradle, rocking us to a gentle sleep. This is Felix Mendelssohn's Opus 30, Number 1, The Song Without Words, Andante Espressivo.
It's hard to pick, but I think that's my favorite of the bunch. Next week, we're going to close out this series on Mendelssohn's Songs Without Words with two of the Venetian boat songs. So get your gondolas ready until then. You can find the standalone recordings of the piece we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks heard on this podcast and more. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, the best way to support the podcast is to please hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating or reviewing. It's also the easiest way to never miss a new episode, and it helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thanks as always for your time and your ears. And remember, the piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind.